Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is your host, Brandon Allen. I'm excited to bring you another great podcast this week. So today I want to talk a little bit about how to do growth well. I do a lot of coaching. I've done a lot of performance management over the years in the corporate world, in the private sector, in just my business with New Work Revolution. I mean, really, uh, our tagline is is growing businesses through growing leaders. I mean, that's what we look to do. And But growth is a tricky thing. Growth is one of those things that, depending on where you're at and how you think about growth, uh, you may not be super excited about this. You know, sometimes people have tried new things in the past and they haven't worked out for themselves. They've had colossal failures, which have made them gun shy about trying new things and trying to engage and embrace uh, just growing and getting out of your comfort zone. So when that happens, a lot of times people tend to shrink and they and they kind of go inside of themselves and. They, they start to teach themselves that uh, it's better to just, uh, you know, stick your neck out there. You know, I don't want to get my head cut off, so I'm going to, you know, stay in my shell and, and just, uh, you know, let the world continue on its merry way. But I, I want to look at growth from just, you know, as an entrepreneur, growth is so important. And, and for those leaders who are listening to this, growth is such an important part of uh, you know, our process for success. When we talk about 3D questioning in the alignment and execution blueprint, which is a huge tool of the total experience design, it's about what do we need to start doing? What do we need to stop doing? What do we need to keep doing? And, and that's all about evol- evolving. And what does the evolution of activity need to look like at each level of success as, as we grow and iterate uh, those new levels of success? And so I, I really think that doing growth well is about just creating a, a beautiful tension between exposing weaknesses that we have and then using your purpose to work through that weakness in a powerful, creative way. I think when we can balance those things and really get into that space, man, it just really creates some some really exciting outcomes if we really just embrace that and, and lean into that process. So I want to talk about like what are three ways that or three things that we can be mindful of to really uh, embrace that tension and really get into that tension. And, and the first thing is, is just to grow in your own self-awareness. And this is really critical. I mean, look, I talk to leaders from time to time and, and these guys are smart, capable individuals who will tell you, Brandon, I don't know what I need to do. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Uh, you know, they, they use the term, I don't know, quite a bit. And when someone says, I don't know, over and over and over again, what I'm, what I'm seeing or observing in that interaction is that that person doesn't understand themselves. They don't understand the environment around them and how those two things dance together. And so they're not really sure are they bringing the value that that they're wanting to bring? And and I think sometimes we get into this fallacy of you know no news is good news, but sometimes no news is bad news. When I think about my own growth opportunities as a manager, it stemmed from having a conversation with someone about them really not enjoying my management style and how I managed. I don't know when they were going to tell me that because I had to ask them for that feedback, and we've been working together for quite some time, and so. 
people aren't always going to offer those things up about yourself. And if you're not, if you're thinking that you don't have flaws and that you don't have weaknesses, that's probably the biggest flaw or weakness that you have. So pay attention to what's going on around you. And you know, we do, we all have blind spots and, and we need that feedback, but there's also things to pay attention to and, and be in tune with. And sometimes it's a certain sort of exchange that we have with a team member or a certain kind of exchange that we have with a client or even a certain way that we show up in a certain day. And I've got to be really mindful of that. I mean, I think about that for myself. Um, you know, just today is a good example. I am, uh, you know, currently doing Orange Theory Fitness. And so right now we're in the middle of, of hell week. And and uh, in hell week, you know, I usually go to the gym at five in the morning. So I get up at 4.30 and I've been doing this now, you know, I've been doing this like three days in a row. And usually when that happens, I notice a shift in my energy on, you know, the more that that kind of drags on. And so when I got up today, I noticed I was a little less, uh, fresh from a mindset perspective. I was also not physically fresh. I just felt a little run down. I didn't feel like I had my best and I had to be mindful of that. So what did I do? Uh, midday when I had a little break, took a short 15, 20 minute nap just to refresh and recharge. Cause I recognized, you know what? I am not bringing my best, but listen, 25 years ago, I would have totally ignored that. I would have totally missed it. I would have ran myself right into the ground and probably gone out in a blaze of glory. I'd probably yelled at someone or done something really, uh, you know, foolish and, and, and then, you know, realize later that, man, I, I just wasn't in a real good space right there. And so when I, when I'm cognizant of what's going around me, I can be more self-aware and being self-aware is about looking at, my own abilities. What are my abilities? What are my weaknesses? What do I bring to the table that's really good? What are the things that I bring to the table are not so good? And as you think about that, you can start to kind of take stock and inventory of when those things show up. And then you can start looking at you know how I uh, can utilize these things. And then when I understand what I am at my purpose, my sole purpose, when I understand that, I can use that now to really focus in on the things that I do best. And I want to do that. I want to create this insulation around my purpose so that I can do the things that I do best. And when I have that focus, that's where value creation happens. Now I can be a really high level value creator because I'm more in tune with my purpose. And I know that at the center of everything that I do well is going to be my purpose. And when I understand that, then now I'm creating purpose or not now I'm creating value not only effectively but I'm also creating value really efficiently for everyone that I create value for and I love to use the you know I use the story of of Warren Buffett and his circle of competence and how he used that focus as an investor and he was he was very focused on you know the things that he knew and what he knew he could win with and his where that inspiration came from is he read the book The Science of Hitting by Ted Williams and Ted Williams, uh, Boston Red Sox, by the way, shout out, World Series champs. That's exciting. Um, but Ted Williams was the last hitter in Major League Baseball to hit 400. And if you're not familiar with baseball, hitting 400 means that for every time, for every 10 times you get up to bat, you get a hit four out of those 10 times. And so he was the last person to hit 400. You know, a good baseball player is hitting, or I should say a great baseball player is hitting in the 280s 
a good baseball player hits maybe 260, 270, 280 plus, and you know a a a maybe average baseball player will hit like a 230, 240, 250 type of thing, right? So you get the idea. You I, you guys probably don't really even care about baseball, but here I am talking about it because I love it. But um, you know, he, Warren Buffett got this idea from Ted Williams, and Ted Williams had an idea of where the pitches that he wanted to see were pitched so that he could optimize his ability to get on base. He had a very specific diagram and outline of what his uh, circle of competence, you know, his own circle of competence looked like, and Warren Buffett used that idea. And the whole idea about that is to get, uh, is to focus and and do value creation at the highest level. And a great part of self-awareness can be feedback. Um, I joked around about this on Facebook, but being a speaker... And I've done a, a, quite a few speaking engagements over the last couple of weeks. It, it, being a speaker is funny because sometimes, you know, I, I had a speaking engagement where someone said, man, you reminded me of Jim Rohn. And I thought, oh my gosh, what a compliment. I'm like, Jim Rohn, like, that's a pretty big deal. Like, I'm like, man, that's that's awesome. I was I was blown away by that. And so I, I bragged about it on Facebook because I, I felt like I needed to brag about it. But then, uh, you know, I did a, a workshop a couple weekends ago and man, I got hammered. Uh, in this workshop, I mean, and and I'm probably overstating this, but I mean, I got an unusually, uh, there was a lot of just negativity that came uh, from that workshop. I was a little surprised by it. And and I felt kind of a lack of connection and engagement with the audience to begin with. And so I, I wasn't necessarily shocked by the feedback, but at the same time, it was like someone had suggested or wrote the comment that I go and get training uh, for speaking. And so, uh, some of you, uh, who have coached me in speaking, who may be listening to this, don't take that personal. Apparently you did a crappy job teaching me because this person thought that I hadn't even been trained. Um, apparently I was so bad. So I blame this, you know, because I don't want to take personal responsibility on, uh, my speaking coaches. So I'm just throwing that your guys's way. I don't want to name names, but, uh, you know who you are. You have let me down, but you know, it's funny because I love to get feedback because it helps me understand like where can we do better? Where can we grow? But sometimes I get feedback like, you know, suggesting that, you know, out of turn or out of hand that, uh, you know, I just get speaker training doesn't necessarily help me uh, understand how you got there. Like what led to that uh, conclusion that maybe I wasn't trained or, or whatever, right? Like help me connect the dots that you, that I didn't connect for you in that particular speaking engagement. So I know that, right? And so the value of speaking, uh, or the value of feedback is, is really helpful. And, and look, I've gotten a lot of great speaker feedback over the years, um, that has been constructive in nature. That's really helped me be a better speaker. So I enjoy that. And, and look, the more you're aware of your purpose and how you create value best, the better you're able to protect that. But you can't protect what you're not aware of. So if you don't understand your purpose, if you don't know your purpose, then you can't protect what you're not aware of. You can't protect or insulate yourself into that greatness because you don't even know what it is. You're not aware of it. So grow in your self-awareness. If you want to do growth well, grow in your self-awareness. It's a game changer for, for you and for me. Create space, number two, create space to reflect on what's happening. I mean, look, once you get the feedback, once you encounter the situation, create the space to step back and analyze what is happening, why is it happening, and really dig deep into that space. Why we don't do this is because it's not quote-unquote productive, so we ignore that because there's nothing worse than just sitting around and thinking about 
our condition or where we're at. In fact, I would talk to certain people who would just dismiss that out of hand because they just wouldn't think about that. They're just like, look, I'm a doer, okay? I just do things. But doing is important. But at the same time, I've also got to be mindful about how I'm doing things, why I'm doing things. And it's important to take a step back and say, hey, what is going on here? Why am I getting this feedback? Why is this happening to me? Why why does this tension exist? Why did that failure show up? It's important to step back and really reflect on what's happening, why it's happening, how it's happening, so that you can course correct in the appropriate way. And look, you know, the the thing about this is we get so busy doing, 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 and, and we have to recognize that more isn't always more. More isn't always more. And and one of the things that uh, Warren Buffett talked about is the difference between successful people and highly successful people is highly successful people say no a lot. And he didn't use the word mediocre to highly successful. He said successful to highly successful. So, you know, this is where we go back to, look, you can win with a flawed strategy. You can win with a strategy that may not serve your ability to create value at the highest level possible. Because it doesn't occur to us at times when we're winning that maybe we could win at an even higher level. And the winning isn't for me. The winning is about serving the mission and fulfilling the mission through my purpose. But sometimes we're our own worst enemy because we get a little bit of success and things go well. And you know what we do? We sit back and we say, I got this figured out. I nailed it. I'm, I'm here. I've did it. And the problem is, is that there might be even another tier to go where you could create even more value. What does your mission dictate that that you can go and, and what's possible there? But when we do too much, we miss the important lessons that life is trying to teach us because we're so busy. Don't miss the lessons. That's a great opportunity to grow well. The third area, don't be afraid to get help in areas of opportunity. Look, if you recognize you need help, then get help. And Really engage in that. So the first question we want to ask is who can support your growth? Who can support you? Who are the people who can support your next steps for growth and what that looks like? As a coach, I'm here to help support people in their area of growth for the time that we're held in a space together to do that. And then when we're done doing that, we uh, disengage from the relationship and 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 we part ways from there. And the, the question becomes, when we, when we identify these partnerships, how do we engage in these partnerships and relationships productively? And I'm always really surprised when someone bails on a relationship, and I've had people bail on relationships with me where they didn't really even give it the opportunity to succeed. They just look for opportunities to get out of the relationship and, and not get what they were hoping to get from that relationship. And that doesn't happen a ton. But when it does, I'm always really surprised that a a highly successful person would give up so easily and not bring issues to someone's attention to say, how do we get the most out of this opportunity? And look, I've had people not engage in critical conversations, but I've also had some of my very best long-term relationships come about from someone who came to me early on in the relationships and said, Brandon, I'm not connecting the dots. This isn't working. I'm not connecting the dots. I'm not sure where we're going. This doesn't make sense. Okay, let's take a step back. Let's assess what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we could do it differently. And then we move forward, we move forward in a really powerful way. And it works tremendously well. And what that tells me is that, look, 
I care enough about someone's relationship that I'm going to give you useful feedback that's going to be helpful for our relationship and our ability to grow together. And the way you can make the relationship a winning relationship as well is when you're willing to give that same feedback to someone else. But the problem is, is a lot of times uh, we're so worried about someone's feelings, we ignore the growth potential that exists in that conflict in that relationship. And every relationship is going to have conflict. And I always say this, right? If you're in a relationship with me at some point in time, I'm going to let you down. At some point in time, you're going to let me down. It's going to happen. And so when that happens, how do we deal with it in a productive way where growth can really exist in that? Because I'm telling you, when we, when you create, when there's conflict that exists and you work through that conflict in a powerful way, growth happens. We learn things about ourselves. We learn things about others that help us to move forward. But if you are a conflict avoider, that is a sure way to stunt your growth. So if you're thinking about how do I stunt my growth really well, just be a conflict avoider and then you never have to get into that growth space. You never have to worry about anyone being uncomfortable, including yourself. And then when you lack that discomfort, hey, no problem. No one's growing. No one's pissed. Um, you know, We're still in the same place that we've been for the last few months or years, but uh, at least no one's upset. So I want to make sure that I really lean into that when that's possible because a lot of times in conflict, I learn a lot about myself. I learn a lot about others that really helps me to grow well and deliver the value that I was created to deliver uh, for other people. And look, here's the thing about this, right? When we grow well, we also have to recognize that, look, when you embrace your purpose, when you embrace growth, that uh, you know, failure is going to happen. Andy Stanley has a great uh, had a great quote in uh, in a talk that I saw him give, uh, you know, a while back, and he said that uh, you know, uh, purpose has a price. You know, he said that purpose has a price, and when you walk in your purpose, man, there is a price to be paid for that. Because one of the things that's tough about uh, purpose, you know, what, what's challenging about purpose is that once we walk in purpose, we can never go back to the time where we didn't walk in purpose. Like people ask me that now, or I've had people say, Hey, would you ever consider going back and doing this or doing that? And the answer is no, I wouldn't consider doing that because once I've walked in my purpose, there's no going back. There's no turning around and walking away uh, from your purpose. So once you're in it, man, you're in it. And so now the question becomes like, how do I stay in that and continue to walk deeper and deeper into my purpose? And the more we do that, the more it starts to separate, the more it starts to alienate, the more it starts to become uncomfortable because we start to stand out in a way that becomes difficult, right? And then when we stand out, what happens, right? People can't wait to hate on uh, you know, other people for doing things that um, that makes them uncomfortable. They don't like that sort of a growth, so they so they want to tear it down. They want to criticize it and everything else. But um, when critics come, you know, I talked about embracing failure and critics. And look, this is an opportunity for you to learn more about yourself, which is about growth and what works best for you and the organization. And look, if you're constantly living day to day without any failure or or flaws that show up for you, that is a uh, a life that's devoid of tension between failure and growth. And so, if you if you don't have that tension between failure and growth that's happening, uh, you know, and it doesn't have to happen happen daily, but on a frequent basis, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. You're not trying to push the envelope far enough. You're playing it safe when that lack of tension exists. So embrace 
those times where there is failure or hardship or difficulty and and then use that as an opportunity to learn more about yourself and and what works best for you and your organization. So some questions to ask as we wrap up here around growth. Look at your own process for growth and here's some questions for you. How are you uncovering weaknesses now? How do you figure out when weaknesses exist? Are you paying attention? Are you asking for feedback? What are you doing to figure those things out? Are you analyzing your results properly? This is really important. And then what does the next level of success look like? And who do you need to be at that next level for you to get there? Who do you need to be? What's the next level of success look like? And who do you need to be at that next level? Think about those questions, ponder those questions, and we will talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Stay productive. Stay growing. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.